Jason Brown, Christian Peterson, and Chris Johnson Jr. More Flyville 24 talk on today's episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. I also do some PA announcing work for the university in various sports. Want to take this time to personally thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville Podcast is free on all streaming services five days a week, your team every day. As I mentioned, all Flyville 24 talk on today's episode of the show, we're going to talk about top um, top 100 prospect Jason Brown being on campus this upcoming weekend. Uh, highly ranked four-star running back prospect from Seattle, Washington. We'll talk about the significance of that. Um, and then highly rated three-star safety Christian Peterson from the Atlanta area has included Louisville in his top eight. We will discuss that. And then to conclude the show, legacy recruit Chris Johnson Jr., is also going to be on campus, um, or I'm sorry, I think he actually was on campus earlier this week. So we'll talk about why this could be a recruitment to watch for moving forward. So um, like I mentioned, a lot of Flyville 24 talk over the past couple months. There were a lot of offers handed out in January and February. You've seen a lot of visitors in March and April, even it's even if it's just for a day, even if it's just for a practice. Um Jeff Brom and company, as our other coaches across the nation, continuing to get um, some solid prospects on campus, even if it is in unofficial visit fashion. Um, two prospects that one already completed an unofficial, one will be taking an unofficial um, on Friday. We'll begin with the latter as the main news came out last weekend. Top 70 prospect Jason Brown is going to be on campus on Friday, April 14th, along with four-star athlete Rashawn Clark. Um, we already discussed Rashawn Clark on last week's episodes, um, but now, obviously, Jason Brown being on campus is big news. Um, just a day after we discussed Aaron Scott Jr., the Ohio defensive back that is ranked inside of the top 50, we're now talking about another top 100 prospect being on campus. Now, like I said, don't get too high, but don't get too low. Don't overanalyze this, but don't undersell it either. When it comes to these unofficial visits in the springtime uh, for spring ball, you look at this a couple different ways. Number one, let's go ahead and get this out of the way. It's not truly significant in the sense of, oh, it could um, you know, lead a guy to commit, which, I mean, I guess it could, but don't bank, don't bank on that. Um, what it does is it's significant in its own right because it is a highly rated prospect coming to visit campus on their dime. So that is something um, that you should look at and be excited for, especially when you consider that Jason Brown is from across the country. He is from Seattle, Washington, plays for O'Day High School, which I believe is where Paulo Bancaro came from. Um, but when is the last time that Louisville has recruited um, a prospect from the state of Washington? It, heck, it might not necessarily be all that long ago, but I mean, 
recruiting a player from the state of Washington is one thing, but recruiting one of the best players from the state of Washington is another thing. Jason Brown is the number one player in the state, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, fourth best running back prospect and 56th best prospect in the country. Um, doesn't necessarily, it seems like, have a favorite at the moment. There is a projection in for, um, there's a couple projections in for Washington. Uh, one of those has a confidence of one, which is really not good at all. It makes you wonder why that was even placed in the first place. Ryland Spencer of CascadiaPreps.com um, gave Washington an eight confidence, which is pretty solid, but um, nothing since then. So you wonder how well that holds up. Obviously, Washington going to be in the mix here, but some other schools to focus on. He has offers from Alabama, offers from Georgia, Texas, USC, Washington, like I mentioned, so on and so forth. Um, he has visited Michigan State, um, You know, has been to USC a couple of times. Let's see, so on and so forth. So like I mentioned, this is going to be a highly touted prospect that a lot of people are trying to go after. Um, one thing we talk about when we discuss prospects from out west is how difficult a lot of times it is to get those prospects to not stay out west. Um, and I think that that can apply to other geographical regions as well. But um, getting a player to go from Washington to play their college ball in Louisville, it's going to be easier said than done. But credit Jeff Brom and company for at least sparking the interest enough to get him on campus. That's the first thing is people look at it, well, how plausible is it that Brown is going to come to Louisville. Well, I, I can't answer that right now. Um, you have to fight the geographical war, but you also have to look at the schools that are going up for him. You know, Alabama, Texas, USC, UCLA, Washington, schools out west, uh, prominent schools in the south, prominent schools in the north, prominent schools in the east. He's a top 70 prospect. Of course, there's going to be a lot of people in line trying to recruit him and put their best foot forward, but the fact that he's going to be on campus for Louisville, you can't spend that in a bad way. That is good news. Hopefully what it does is it sparks Jason Brown to then schedule an official visit. I think that that's the underlying thing with me when it comes to these unofficials um, is that my hope is it's like a process. They're on for an unofficial. Okay, good. Get them on and get them on an official Okay, you got them on official. Good. Get them to commit. That's kind of like my three-step process, although that's not how it goes all the time. But um, enough about that. Uh, we'll be playing in the Polynesia Bowl. Brandon Huffman from uh, 24-7 Sports National Recruiting Editor. Uh, project him as a day two, which is a second or third round NFL draft selection. Um, this is what he had to say back in October of this past year. Brown is one of the premier playmakers in the state, regardless of class. And while we loved him as a cornerback early in his career, it's clear that his future is at running back. It's also why he's among the most heavily recruited backs in the country. He's shown that he hasn't lost a step as a defender. Um, that said, he's a running back now and in the future. And when he runs with power, balance, and tremendous vision, he's got shiftiness to him, but he's more of a one-cut-and-go type back not wasting a lot of time making cuts and juking, but hitting the hole and breaking off runs. His field vision is some of the best we've seen from a back in the state, probably since former Odea star Miles Gaskin, uh, the four-time 1,000-yard rusher. So, um, I mean, I think Huffman basically you know, hits the nail on the head here. 
this is a prospect that you look at and think, okay, well, obviously he's elite. But one thing that leads you to believe that he's going to be better than maybe the ranking suggests is that, hey, look, this is a guy that started out his career as a defensive back, and now he's transferring over to running back, and he's seeing immediate success. So that really, really bodes well for him what he could possibly be able to do. This past season, he was the 3A Metro League Mountain Co-Offensive MVP with 209 carries, turned that into 1,624 yards, um, 1,624 yards, and 21 touchdowns as a junior. That is wild. 5'10", 210 pounds, obviously from the Seattle area. Um, Like I said, has a lot of offers to his name so far will be playing in that 2024 All-American Bowl in San Antonio and the Polynesian Bowl in Honolulu, Hawaii. So um, one of the recruitments to where it's like, okay, it's almost like, I mean, I'm not going to say that this is more significant than getting a, actually, no, I am. This is definitely more significant than getting a player from, you know, the southern part of the United States or from the East Coast or from up north to visit the program because, yes, he's got a lot of top schools going after him. He Obviously, he's been to USC. He's been to UCLA. He has Alabama recruiting him. He has Georgia recruiting him, Texas recruiting him, so on and so forth. He's been to Michigan State. But it shows you that there has to be some type of interest there because he's going to visit Louisville. He doesn't have to do that, but he's going to do that. As we mentioned on yesterday's podcast when we talked about Derek McFall, the four-star running back that included Louisville in his top six, um, Louisville's going to take multiple running backs in this class. They already have Isaac Brown committed, the four-star prospect from the South Florida area, but with Isaac Garendo being a grad transfer from Wisconsin, there is, a, in my opinion, a good chance that Jawar Jordan bolts to the NFL after this season because I think that that's how good of a season he's going to have. I think that that is going to um, obviously open up opportunity. The returning players on paper would be Maurice Turner, who would be a true junior, and um, Kiwan Brown, who is a true freshman who would either be a redshirt freshman or a sophomore. So um, you're looking to add probably about two more running backs considering that um, – you probably want about five running backs. Even if George Jordan does come back, you're still wanting to add those prospects. So um, Jason Brown, another elite four-star running back. Jeff Brown and company have really, really gone and tried to prioritize this position um, in recruiting in this class. So you can definitely tell where their mindset is at and priorities are moving forward. So um, moving on down the line, um, highly rated three-star safety from Georgia. Christian Peterson just cut his list to eight. The Cardinals made the list. We will talk about that here in just a moment after we talk about our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need to get the best tasting protein bar ever built. You have to try it. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices but you don't want to compromise on taste, Built's the way to go. You get the best of both worlds. You get the healthy benefits of a protein bar, the tasty benefits of a candy bar. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, 100% real chocolate, a wide variety of flavors. I'm not sure how they do it, but they make these bars taste like a candy bar while giving the same macros of a protein bar. You've mainly had to order them traditionally at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can get your specialty flavors at Built.com. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, puff, 
and Choro Puff. You can thank me later. Or traditionally, you can get them at Built.com. But definitely do not miss out on this opportunity. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, moving on into the second segment of the show. Three-star defensive back Christian Peterson cut his list to eight. The Cardinals made that list along with North Carolina, Auburn, Mississippi State, Central Florida, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, and Texas A&M. So you have some ACC and SEC flavor in this recruitment. Christian Peterson um, is from Atlanta, Georgia. If you remember us talking about Raymond Mosby, um, Raymond Mosby, who we discussed on yesterday's show, who has been on campus or was on campus this past weekend, played for Westlake High School. Well, Christian Peterson lines up in that same defensive backfield, um, you know, Plays as a safety, only about 5'9 and a half, 175 pounds, so not the tallest defensive back, but you wouldn't be able to tell that on film. Um, kind of plays an interesting role for Westlake, who, for those who are not familiar, who didn't listen to the show yesterday, um, Westlake is in the highest classification in Georgia. There's a lot of talent in the Atlanta area specifically, but in that classification. So um, he's playing against top talent. Um, he is a player that... I think the film speaks for itself. Ranked as the 510th best player in the country, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite. 44th best safety, 55th best prospect in the state of Georgia. Has one prediction. That is from Steve Wiltfong. A sixth confidence level to Auburn. Um, and this was... When was this? I'm trying to find when this... Okay, so it was, it was about a month ago. Back on March 17th. So... Um, it seems like obviously Auburn is making a push into this recruitment, but I think that this is an opportunity. I, I think that um, an opportunity for Louisville to try to go into a very talented area and get a very talented player. Uh, played a lot of different positions, whether it was in the slot, um, a traditional safety, outside linebacker, uh, even played quarterback in Wildcat situations and also was in the return game. So a uh, Swiss Army knife, so to speak, also uh, ran track as well, 11.54 in the 100-meter dash, which is a pretty solid number. Um, but get this, the primary recruiter for Christian Peterson for the Auburn Tigers is none other than Wesley McGriff, um, who was on the Louisville staff this past year, now with Auburn. Um, so that's going to be something to focus on. But in my opinion, uh, Christian Peterson projects – pretty much I'd say in the slot at the next level, um, which will be interesting to see because obviously in Louisville's 4-2-5 defensive package, defensive versatility is the name of the game, even more so than it was in Scott Satterfield and Brian Brown's tenure. Um, you know, the defensive back can essentially play multiple different positions, either as a boundary cornerback, a traditional safety, um, an outside linebacker near the box, um, obviously in the slot as well. And I think that uh, Christian Peterson is going to be a player that fills the needs 
in the latter half of that, which would be in the box as a potential outside linebacker, um, you know, in the run game and in zone situations, and also um, defending the slot as well. Not the tallest uh, defensive back, but he has a solid amount of athleticism, uh, does a good job of high-pointing the football at the peak of the pass. Um, also solid in coverage as well. I like his ability to defend the run. Has solid instincts um, near the line of scrimmage when it comes to watching plays develop, watching plays unfold. So this is something to focus on here. And, you know, I've been an extreme advocate for um, building a pipeline into Georgia. I think that there obviously are a ton of solid players in Georgia. Scott Satterfield, um, a lot of people will um, obviously criticize him. One thing that I think he did was going to Georgia and get some talented players, Madden Sanker being one of them, Adonijah Green being another one. Uh, Excuse me. But like Florida, like Texas, even like California, I think that there are some lower-rated players um, that are maybe inside of the top 1,000, maybe not, that get overlooked like Raymond Mosby. And now like Christian Peterson as well. I think that they both play in a defense to where obviously they're valued um, because – you know, they're playing a bunch of different positions and they're extremely solid because Westlake was nine and four in Georgia's highest classification um, of high school opponents. So that's something to focus on. But um, ultimately, I would love to see Jeff Brom and company go down into Georgia and try to build that pipeline, not necessarily so much as just the state. Well, I mean, I'm not actually I'm not going to say that because the, there's a lot more talent than just Atlanta. But specifically, I'd like to see them go down into Atlanta and, and start to get some top prospects uh, from the 404, but I won't limit it to just Atlanta because uh, obviously Adonijah Green came from Cedar Grove. Um, Madden Sanker came from Paulding, which I mean, I guess it's not necessarily Atlanta. It's on the outskirts uh, more so, but I I think that this would be an interesting um, trend and pipeline that they could develop. I know you, obviously you have the South Florida to Louisville. Um, I'm not sure if Cali to the Ville is going to be a thing in in the future, um, you haven't heard a lot of players from California yet in this class. Obviously, the local recruiting aspect is big, um, but I would like to see the the pipeline created into Georgia as well, and that's something to focus on. So at the end of the day, who knows? But obviously, with the offers that were handed out um, earlier this calendar year and the players that Louisville is recruiting still, you have to think that Georgia is definitely in the plans here. But um, I think that it fits what Ron English and Mark Hagan are looking for in a defensive back, obviously probably not projecting as a true safety, which I guess he could, but uh, played more at Westlake as kind of an outside linebacker safety hybrid. So more of a Ben Perry than a, um, I don't even know why, why am I drawing a blank, more of a Ben Perry than a Josh Minkins, right? Uh, more of a traditional linebacker hybrid than a traditional safety. So that's something to focus on. And this is not uncommon for Jeff Brom and company this cycle to recruit that type of player. The defensive backs that Brom and company are going after, it seems like, uh, and prioritizing that is, you know, that Louisville is being included in their lists are defensive backs that have that versatility that can, you know, play um, multiple positions. So uh, something to focus on moving forward. But ultimately, I think that um, obviously Louisville included in the top eight, it's going to be about trying to get him on and official visit. So um, definitely have to uh, keep that in mind. But um, for the remainder of the show, we're going to talk about another defensive back, legacy recruit Chris Johnson Jr. 
we'll discuss that recruitment. He was on campus this past or this week, earlier this week. We'll discuss why that's significant here in just a second. Before we do that, I want to thank you all again for making Locked on Louisville your first listen every day. Every dayers, tomorrow on the show, going to have an interesting um, podcast. We'll talk about RJ Luis, uh, college basketball transfer that the Cardinals have reached out to. We will um, have a Monday or a Monday mailbag. We'll have a weekly mailbag segment. So get your mailbag questions in while you still can. And we'll also talk about some um, other players in the college football portal that you need to focus on that Louisville is being, um, you know, involved with. So uh, be sure to check that out. But thank you once again for being an everydayer of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Okay, moving on along into the final segment of the show. Chris Johnson, Jr., cornerback from Alito, Texas, was on campus earlier this week to visit the Cardinals program. The six foot 175 pounds star of Alito High School in Texas, Flyville 24 recruit, is a legacy recruit. His dad, um, Chris Johnson, was a cornerback for the Cardinals in 2001 and 2002. Went on to have a 10-year career in the NFL. So obviously you have that connection here. We talk about the local side of things, bringing players from the 502, from the surrounding areas, um, you know, to the program. I also think we need to start, you know, looking at, you know, legacy guys and bringing in guys whose family members played. And and, that, and this is obviously something that's not naive. I mean, we're, we're not naive enough to know that this has obviously happened before, but I would like to start seeing that. I'd like to see legacy players, more and more legacy players, players that whose fathers and uncles played uh, football at Louisville um, to be able to come back and obviously be Cardinals as well. It's interesting because CJ, I guess he goes by CJ, Chris Johnson Jr. I'll I'll just call him Chris. Um, Chris is not ranked on 247sports.com, not ranked on the 24-7 sports composite, but he is obviously a late riser because you look at the offer sheet that he is being um, handed with that is um, Oregon offered back earlier this month. Utah offered um, unofficially visited Arkansas, Arizona State got an offer from Jackson State back in March. Um, looking at some other offers, um, it, it seems like this spring we're starting to see more. Um, you know, teams start to get into the mix. This is a prospect that Jet Brom and Company have identified early on. Uh, they offered him back in December, so you wonder if that's going to have a say in his recruitment. Um, this past season had 30 tackles, two of them for loss, two fumble recoveries, and two interceptions for Alito High School. Um, an interesting situation, uh, six foot 175 pounds. The film jumps off at the page. I think that um, when you watch Chris Johnson Jr. on film, what stands out immediately to me is the uh, the closeout speed, his ability to not only backtrack and have solid footwork, the ability to um, you know backpedal and, and get into uh, a solid position to defend, but also to be able to change direction and get to the opposing receiver or opposing target very, very quickly is so, so solid when it comes to pursuit. Um, you see that in defending the run as well, but uh, I think projects more of a boundary cornerback at the next level. And I think that, um, like I said, with his size, six foot one, good size for a cornerback, um, you know, solid ability to high point the football at the climax. Um, 
solid footwork as well. Does a good job of reading the opposing quarterback's eyes. And um, I, I think that the footwork and the speed stand out to me is able to essentially run the routes for the receivers and does a great job of jumping the passing lane. So that's something to focus on. I think he's obviously going to rise up the rankings. How high? Well, that is the question, the million-dollar question that needs to be answered. If you made me take a guess, I'd say he's probably going to be a top I'd say a top 800 recruit just to be on the safe side. Uh, definitely could be higher. I think he's very, very talented. I think he can definitely rise to that level. Um, like I said, uh, a player from a talent-rich area that gets overlooked a little bit, and I think Chris Johnson Jr. fits that description. So um, I think he's going to be a player that – with um, you know more recruiting interest in the spring, you know, assuming he um, participates in camps in the summer, I could definitely see um, Chris rising up rankings, being a mid-level three-star prospect in the 2024 class. So I think that this is um, a situation to where Louisville needs to be first in line. Obviously, Oregon and Utah, um, you know, have started to come around um, some other programs like Arizona state has been around as well, Arkansas, so on and so forth. Louisville needs to work to get him on an official visit. And if they feel as if he can be a part of this class, they want him part of this class and they prioritize him. They probably want to try to get things done sooner rather than later before that recruitment starts to blow up a little bit more. And then you're facing some different teams than you might not necessarily have been in the past because uh, maybe he was unknown to a certain coaching staff or coaching staffs. So that's something to focus on. But um, obviously, Chris Johnson Jr., a player to focus on for the Cardinals. Um, also, like I said, Jason Brown on campus this upcoming weekend. Christian Peterson cutting his list to eight, including the Cardinals. So um, that's going to wrap up today's episode of the show. Everyone have a great day. We will see you right back here tomorrow.